those little twinges of pain that happen in your abdominal area. This is an area where people store a lot of old emotion. Sometimes when you can't feel emotion, you shove it down in your belly into your internal organs. And energy work and massage are really great for helping to break up that stuck energy and help it move. Mm -hmm. But it still needs to be felt. Yeah. You know, those emotions still need to be felt. You're listening to This Life Explains It All. With the creators of Vera, your guide for navigating a conscious life. We're Stefania Romeo and Catherine Griffiths. This Life Explains It All was created out of belief that our life experience is our greatest teacher. And as soul sisters and intuitives, we've spent the past decade completely obsessed with better understanding our minds and our bodies, all while running a mile a minute with busy careers as leaders in the tech startup world. On this podcast, we are bringing you the insights and lessons that have changed our lives with the thought leaders, healers, and dreamers behind them. We're discussing wellness practices, healing methods, and experiences that get us to think differently about life and live empowered. Whether you want to uplevel your health, your career, your relationship, or are going through changes to your life path, this information can help you get there and let you know that we're right here with you. We believe life isn't meant to be lived linear, and no matter where you are right now, you're right on time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show. All right, Kat, you celebrated a birthday yesterday. Well, yesterday in Australia, today in America. Yes, I did. It was a good one. It started out a little rough. Why? I don't know. I just got really emotional. Maybe because I'm living in Australia and I'm far away from my family but and friends. You. Thanks for adding that in there. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just felt weird. But then I went to dinner later on and it was really fun. Well, I called you yesterday, obviously, or we talked yesterday because we were working and I spoke to you for your birthday as well. And I was noticing because we were doing some recording and we were on video and I thought you were just really annoyed by me. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm just going to, you know, let this pass. So I didn't even realize you were feeling emotional. I, I don't know. I just like, you know, one of those days where you don't know what's actually wrong. There's nothing wrong. And it could be like a PMS. I just felt really low and off and I didn't know why. Do you feel like you feel weird about getting older? No, not really. I think getting older is actually good. I feel like every year I come more into myself and... I don't really have fears around getting older. I think it's just, I honestly don't know what it was. It was so weird. I just absolutely lost it and got emotional for the whole day. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. leave the house. I think maybe because I was I was alone during the whole day because I wasn't going into an office or anything. Mm -hmm. So maybe that had something to do with it because I like being around people. Yeah. I feel like birthdays are emotional. And even if it's not conscious, like even if you're like, oh, nothing's wrong, like everything's good. Why am I feeling sad or whatever emotion you felt like you were feeling? I feel like I feel that on birthdays sometimes. There's sometimes this like pressure, maybe it's subconscious or maybe you're thinking back to like childhood and like what birthdays meant. And I've even felt like that, like as an adult on certain birthdays where like Maybe I have like awesome plans and I'm going to be doing something in the evening, but like I'm alone during the day and I just feel weird and bad and that 
I just feel so lonely because it's my birthday and I have expectations on it. Or I feel like, oh, it's my birthday, so I need to make sure that something meaningful happens, you know? Yeah, yeah. Maybe that was what it was. Because then once I got around people and I went to dinner, it was fine. I was completely fine. I definitely get that, though, that like sentimental sadness a little bit, like that Lana Del Rey song where she like talks about summertime sadness, which is actually it's like this melancholy. I feel like there's like birthday sadness a little bit, too. Even if you are actually happy, it can like come out a little bit. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, there is a little bit of that going on. I just did something super casual. I didn't plan anything crazy. And it was really it was great. It was really nice. It's a pity that you weren't here still. That would have been fun. Oh, it was a pity. So in honor of getting another year older, do you have anything that you would tell your younger self if you were looking back on yourself 10 years ago, just getting into your 20s, starting your early 20s? Ooh. I would say try not to take everything so seriously and be so hard on yourself and just enjoy life and enjoy the fact that we're all here and there's so much to enjoy. And I feel like we all get so busy and wrapped up in things. We don't take any time to just enjoy like the earth and why we're here and the nature. I remember I would, I would get really, I still do this, but like get so worked up over everything, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder, trying to find the right person, like all the kind of stuff that I use a lot of energy on. On the other hand, I don't regret anything because it was all, it's all learning. All right. Well, today we are talking to Tanya Corona. Yes. She's pretty incredible, guys. Tanya is an expert in energy healing, chakra clearing, crystal and sound therapy. Lots of healing going on there. And she really combines a little bit of each into her sessions, which make them really special. And she also has this gift for accessing information about our ancestral lines, which I'm super, super fascinated by. And when you listen to her, it'll just blow your mind. It's really, really great stuff. And these ancestral lines are passed down through our DNA. And she believes are also from other souls' lives. So an example of that would be could be a trauma an ancestor might have gone through in the past that could still be processing in us today. And she's been doing this work for 20 years. Yeah. Tanya has been featured in publications like Goop, and she is the known go-to for this type of healing work in San Francisco. She's the best. And she does work with people everywhere with her distant sessions. So Tanya is the first, what I would call non-traditional or unconventional healer that I ever worked with. I saw her for the first time about three years ago in San Francisco and it was a really special experience. So I had never experienced energy healing or Reiki before. And I was a little bit skeptical, like, what can this really do? But I thought it was worth giving it a try. So what the experience feels like in her session essentially is you're sort of like laying on this table and she's working with different sort of energies in your body and clearing. And like Kat said, she works with crystals as well. And sort of laying there for like an hour with my eyes closed. And while she's not physically touching me in any way, I feel this warm kind of vibration and like warm tingling energy moving all throughout my body while she's working, which was really incredible and something I wasn't expecting. And after it was over, I felt really 
calm, at peace, warm, kind of like how you'd feel at home as a kid around the holidays, wrapped in a blanket at the fireplace. Like that's what I felt like after the session. And I thought, this was great. I feel so much more imbalanced. My energy feels more together. I feel happier. And I was ready to get going. And I didn't realize that Tanya also gives a reading at the end of her healing sessions. So we talked about how the ancestral kind of programming or ancestral kind of traumas were still processing in me and impacting the way I was holding on to things in my life today. And then one of the things we talked about, and this was the first time I learned about this concept, was the divine feminine energy. We talk about it in the interview with Tanya, so I won't talk about it too much, but it's essentially our special feminine energy that we all have within us, and men and women have both the divine feminine and divine masculine in them. She explained to me that I had been a sort of medicine woman in my past life and helping other women, creating herbs and herbal remedies, which is something I've always been really into, and that I was punished for it. And so I was now holding on to that and and afraid to release my feminine energy and use it in my work. So I've worked with her a lot on that and kind of feeling more into my feminine energy. I'm someone that operates in the masculine side of my energy a lot. And so that's something that she has really, really helped me with. And we'll talk about it more in the interview. So this interview is awesome. She shares a lot of incredible information. And while a lot of what she shares honestly were things that like I was definitely skeptical of when I first started working with her and is new information, I think, for a lot of us, she approaches it in a really grounded way. So she kind of combines that more energy-focused, spiritual approach with a grounded thinking and, and real tactical recommendation. So I think that everyone will really learn a lot and enjoy this. And at the very end, there is a few-minute guided meditation that I encourage you all to do. Awesome. Let's get into it. Today, we have Tanya on. Kat, you know, Tanya is someone that I've worked with here in San Francisco. And Tanya, you were actually the first, what I would call a healer that I ever worked with. And I don't remember even how I found you. I just remember coming across you and feeling really called to come and see you. And it was really impactful, even life-changing in the way that like it got me to think about my life differently and kind of just think beyond the surface when it comes to my own energy and alignment. So I'm really excited that you're on. Yay. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Cool. So to get started, can you kind of just briefly describe your work and what it is that you do? So I work with Reiki, which is a form of universal life force energy channeling. I work with crystal therapy. I work with sound therapy, and I specialize in energetic clearing and alignment. And so what I do is I, I look at your entire energy field. I look at the way your chakras are functioning, the way you're grounded, the way you're aligned with your higher aspects. And during a session, then we just see what comes up. Mm -hmm. What are higher aspects? Your higher self, your God self, you might call it. We all have a spiritual connection and we all have parts of ourselves that live in an unseen world. You know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard people talking about the spirit world. Yes. Right. Or the astral plane. 
And we have these higher vibrational frequency aspects of ourselves that can be aligned with us, but they can also be misaligned. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff that goes here down on earth that causes misalignment. And what does it look like to you when you see misalignment in somebody? Is that something that you can see through energy? Yeah, yeah. So what it looks to me like is almost like an energetic grid. Like if you've ever seen uh, the sacred geometry of Metatron's cube or even just like the Sri Yantra. I saw you had a picture in the other room. Yes, yes. So I've been using that to help me meditate. So I see like a geometric grid really around people. And it's almost like when you're looking at a geometric symbol, if one of the points is not in the right place, right? If it's pointing, you know, east instead of south, right? You can tell like if there's a drawing. And so that's what it looks like to me also. Interesting. How did you originally discover that you had this gift or get into this work originally? So since I was a young kid, I could always communicate with animals. I always knew what animals wanted. I always knew when plants needed water. I always knew when people were sick or when they were angry, you know, when to back away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I think my awakening was, you know, gradual over a long period of time, whereas some people just kind of like, bam, you know, go through an awakening process and then are like, oh my God, what's going on? Yeah. But for me, it happened really gradually. And back in 2000, I was living in the mission three blocks away from where I live now. And my next door neighbor was a Reiki master. So we were friends and he gave me a session and I said, oh my God, I've got to learn how to do this. So he gave me my first Reiki attunement. He actually taught me through my master level of Reiki. But after my first Reiki attunement, Crystal started talking to me. And I was like, uh, you want me to what now? Put you in the window? <laughs> Wait, who said that? Yeah. Wow. So wow. it was, it was kind of like, oh, okay. It really opened me up to these new gifts and abilities. And shortly thereafter, I was introduced to the Arkansas quartz crystals, which of course you have one sitting right here on your little Yeah, your which little I got desk. from you. Yeah. <laughs> These are quartz from Arkansas that hold a very high vibrational frequency. And so I started listening to them. And shortly thereafter, Archangel Metatron came in and started teaching me about crystals and about alignment and about geometry, sacred Mm -hmm. geometry. Wow. I remember that crystal in particular you had recommended to me because I was traveling a lot. And I mentioned I was just kind of feeling off. And you mentioned that on a plane being so high in altitude above the earth that could, I guess, mess with my energy. I don't know if I'm saying that in the right way and that the crystals could help. And honestly, it has. Like I hold them close to my body or keep them on my body when I travel that particular one. Yeah. When you're that far away from earth, right? Planes fly at what, 30,000 feet? Mm -hmm. The electromagnetic pull or the grounding for earth, it doesn't work the same way. So when you're that far above, it can cause fracturing in your aura, Mm -hmm. which also is one of the things that causes jet lag. So traveling with crystals on your body, clear quartz is great. Diamonds are best. (laughs) (laughs) And it's really about one carat for every 50 pounds of body weight. So if you think about, you can use citrine, you can use amethyst, garnet's really good. Okay. I usually travel with garnet and citrine. But I also travel with big quartz points. Do they have other benefits while traveling or flying based on the stone or do they all work in the same kind of grounding or keeping that aura? They all help protect your energy field. 
I have a question around energy and sleep. Like, is there any correlation between when you wake up at night and where your energy and chakras are? Sure. So one of the ascension symptoms, and if you guys don't know what ascension is, it's just the body raising its vibrational frequency to move more in sync with this new timeline that mm-hmm. earth is moving into. One of the ascension symptoms is actually waking up between two and four in the morning. Oh, wow. <laughs> so if you find yourself waking up between two and four in the morning, be assured that you are going through this energetic vibrational frequency lightening. And earth is going through the same thing, right? If you yeah. look at the Schumann resonance, it keeps going up and going up and going up. And the Schumann resonance is measuring the um, energetic frequency of Earth. Okay. So when you wake up between two and four in the morning, this is the time when it's quiet, right? Where you've had time to do some sleep. So instead of stressing out and thinking, oh my God, I got to go to work in three hours. I got to get up in three hours. I got to get some sleep, right? Take some nice deep breaths and just connect, ground yourself Mm -hmm. and connect into that meditative state. And I guarantee you're going to get some really good messages. Oh, wow. Okay. But when we kind of put ourselves in that place of fear, right, and stress around it, then our mind is going, 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 and we can't let the, we don't let those messages come through. Yeah. Wow. That makes so much sense. So if someone's going through like the ascension, like you mentioned, what might it look like on the other side, like once they've kind of gone through? Uh, that's a really good question because there's so many layers. Okay. There's so many layers, you know, and this isn't, it's not a sprint, mm-hmm. right? It's not like it's going to happen overnight mm-hmm. and then you're going to be ascended. I mean, it happens that way with some people, but there's layers and layers that we go through. You know, it's like, think about going to school. Yeah. Right. You start in what preschool, mm-hmm. kindergarten, you know, first grade, depending upon where you are and what schools you're going to. But I, I think, you know, awakening and healing and ascension is very much like that, where the, where it's a process. It's right. not an event. Yeah. yeah. And really, I think we're going through, we're going to be going through this for the next couple hundred years. Yeah. You know, like 150 to 200 years for all of humanity and Gaia to really get to this certain vibrational frequency. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. The crystalline grid, the Christed energy. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. And I feel like a lot of the healers that I follow are or have worked with are like talking about that now. Like this is the time where like everything that was swept under the rug is like coming up and will settle again. And I feel like Mm -hmm. I feel that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I noticed that this past summer, it's been really intense for that. Yes. Oh my God. Layers of things that we thought we already dealt with, you know, are coming up again. Right. Oh, that's true for me. And my clients are saying, oh, why do I have to deal with this again? Yeah. Right. It's like, okay, no, it's just another layer. Yeah. It's like the roots of a weed in a way, right? Some weeds have those roots right on the surface and they can pull up easily. Some of them have those deep, deep tap roots. Mm -hmm. So maybe you get part of it, but then it grows back because the weed is still there. Are there particular things or themes that you're seeing like in your practice that are coming up again for clients that they felt like they have already dealt with? Well, I think one of the questions you had had earlier for me was about ancestral 
yes. lineage. I see people working with the ancestral lineage mm-hmm. a lot, right? Ancestors who weren't crossed over or trauma in the ancestral lineage. Mm-hmm. One of the things I look at is, are there any programs or patterns running in the ancestral code? Yeah. And one of the things I see a lot is unworthiness of being loved. Mm. And that can cause all types of problems, right? Yeah. When you feel unworthy of being loved, you either maybe tend to give away your power. Yeah. Like, oh, let me help you. Yeah. I'm going to give and give and give and give and give and give. Yeah. Like, let me show you how lovable I am, mm-hmm. right? We don't take time for ourselves because we don't think we deserve it mm-hmm. when we're running that program. You know, I mean, I think that's one of the things that's coming up a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting because I think that people now are starting to talk more about like in the history or patterning in your own life, what childhood trauma looks like that isn't like, you know, what you maybe in the past people thought of as like trauma, but like just programming from parents or, you know, the things that may skew your view of the world or the way you behave, but within the context of your own life. And and that's something that I had always thought about. But then in starting to work with you and learning more about the ancestral piece, it just was very eye-opening because in the way that you think about it and our work together, I know that it goes beyond. So there's two pieces, if I understand correctly. It's like the DNA ancestors as well as sort of our soul past lives, right? Yes. So how do those kind of interplay and work? They work together. Okay. Right. I mean, we're, we're a lovely combination of both. Yeah. Right. But also our early life. So, you know, I see a a lot of people holding childhood trauma, you know, if their parents got divorced Mm -hmm. when they were a child. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that even goes into their teenage or early, you know, early twenties years. It depends on how how much gravitas their parental relationship had for them, mm-hmm. right? If they looked at their parents and said, oh my gosh, this is the perfect, you know, this is the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine anything else. And then their parents get divorced. You know, that's a world shattering event. Yeah. And can create a lot of trauma, abandonment trauma. Why don't we remember our past lives? It's the nature of earth, right? We go through a forgetting through the birth canal. There's a forgetting that happens. And that's by design. All of us who were born here on earth, we're glorious beings of light. But we don't remember that. (laughs) You know, we're born and we forget everything. It's like we have to, we choose our lesson path. I believe we choose our family, our parents. And if you're a younger sibling, your older siblings as well. And we sign up. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do this and this and this. And then we're born and we can't remember any of it. So it seems like a dirty trick, doesn't it? Yeah. (laughs) But we all agreed to it. Yeah. We we all agreed to it. And that's the nature of earth Mm -hmm. to come into this place fresh and clean, you know, with an innocent heart Mm -hmm. and, you know, fly by the seat of our pants in a way, Mm -hmm. you know, and learn lessons. Yeah. So there are ways to remember. I mean, there are, you can do past life regressions. You can uh, consult the Akashic Records, which is basically like a living library for all the psychic events that have happened on Earth. So there's many different ways. And I, you know, I work sometimes with people's past lifetimes. What I look at is a snapshot of one's energy field. What are they doing right now? Right. right? What are they dealing with? 
And all kinds of things come up, you know, sometimes childhood trauma, sometimes past lifetime. One of the things I'm seeing a lot right now with people is PTSD that they're holding from the fall of Pompeii. Wow. Which also links back to the fall of Atlantis. Okay. Yeah, which is, you know, one of the ancient civilizations on Earth, you know, that basically ended about 14,000 years ago. Wow. Yeah. And so then we come back to learn more lessons to heal some of those things. Yeah. Wow. And they can just stay with us for so many generations. Yes. Yeah. Wow. I mean, we're always trying to resolve karma, Mm -hmm. right? Trying to come back into balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how do you use past life regression in your work to heal? When I see a past life that someone is going through, it's usually because they're trying to learn a lesson around that. And so I think just shining light on it, you know, saying, oh, wait a minute, I saw these images of you doing X, Y, and Z, right? Okay. For the Pompeii trauma, for example, fleeing from, you know, a giant exploding mountain and feeling scared. Like I was working with a client the other day who had that Pompeii trauma. I saw the image of her with a toddler in her arms and holding the hand of an older child of like a five or a six-year-old and running and panicking. Mm -hmm. And so how that was affecting her in this lifetime is the child that she was holding, the younger one, is actually her son, one of her sons in this lifetime. Wow. And she was having a lot of fear, holding a lot of fear in her body, afraid for her son. Yeah. Like, oh my God, something's going to happen to this kid. Yeah. Well, yeah, in that lifetime it did. Wow. So to be able to shine the light on that, you know, was kind of an aha moment for her to be able to say, oh, that's why I'm so afraid or one of the reasons. Right. Yeah. Do you think that we, that we do travel with the same soul groups throughout our lifetimes? I do. Yeah. yeah. I think we have soul family that incarnate, you know, like one lifetime one part of your soul family will be your dad. Yeah. Another lifetime, maybe your husband. Yeah. Right? Wow. Or your brother yeah. or your sister or your friend. Yeah. We run around the block. Yeah. I think with the same souls. That's so interesting, especially with the parent to like friend or partner dynamic. Like I've heard that example before. And I think that it makes a lot of sense. Where Like I've heard people say like, I feel like I'm the parent to my parent. And it makes sense in in that dynamic. How does it work with partners? Like if you were an old soul and your partner was a young soul, is that common or does that, would you kind of stick with your same soul age number? I don't know that I really subscribe to like the soul age theory. I think there's people who have had a lot of lifetimes on earth and people who haven't had many lifetimes on earth. Yeah. Right. And so the people who feel like they're young souls, maybe they just haven't been on earth you know, before, you know, but once or twice. And so they don't have like a clue on how to, you know, Mm -hmm. like some people seem to know how to do everything. Yeah, you can cook and you can, you know, do this and that. And yeah, yeah. It's like easy for some people, right? One of the things that that we've worked on in our work together that I think kind of spans the ancestral piece and something else that we want to talk about around divine feminine I remember in my first session, and we've talked about it since in, in other sessions, but something came up where you shared that my divine feminine energy was there, but feeling like repressed or latent because 
what had gone on in past lives. I was in past lives or a past life, I was punished for it. And so in this life, even though I, I have it and I meant to use it, I was having trouble. So I'd love to talk more about, is that something that is relatively common for women? And I guess maybe we start with what is the divine feminine energy? The divine feminine energy. So we're working on a planet that we're moving from this energy of duality to an energy of oneness. But if you think of like the yin and the yang, right? That beautiful pattern that has two sides, but there's also each side within the other. Mm-hmm. Divine feminine is is like the mother, the mother God. There's a duality to that nature, right? There's a feminine part and a masculine part. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. It's the mother goddess. Yeah. It's it's you know part of part of the Trinity. Right. Where there's the father or the mother and yeah. the child. Yeah. Right. Or you know in in Christianity, I, they they call it the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. The Divine Feminine is the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. right? That's the blanket that wraps yeah. us all, right? That is the that wonderful warmth and allowing that holding space, holding the container, mm-hmm. so the creation can happen. Mm-hmm. And there's a great rebalancing that's going on on the planet right now. There's something called the precession of the equinoxes, Mm -hmm. and it's the way our solar system moves around the galaxy through the astrological signs. And we go, the farther away we get from the photon belt or the center in alignment with the center of the galaxy, that black hole in the center of the Mm -hmm. galaxy, farther away we get from that, the lower frequency we move. So we move, you know, into the darkness and then back into the light and into the darkness and back into the light. And where we're moving now is back into the light. So we've had basically the last 14,000 years of this time period that's gone into the darkness and has been very heavy in masculine energy, mm-hmm. very heavy in war mm-hmm. energy, right? This doing, right? If you think of the masculine energy, it's this like surging forward or rushing in instead of staying back and allowing. And so now we're moving back into this golden age at the end of 2012 when the Mayan calendar ended. Mm -hmm. Basically what happened was earth booted into a new operating system and we became more in alignment. The sun became in alignment with the center of the galaxy. So now that's going to go on for the next... I think about 9,000 years. Wow. So we're going to go through this great golden age. Oh, yes. Right? And we're just, <laughs> we're at the very beginning of this. Yeah. And, you know, we are all way showers. We are mm. at this point of helping people come back into a different way of being, mm-hmm. right? A different way of of processing power. Yeah. How can we do that? Like if we want to be conscious about being a way shower, I mean, I think being mindful, you know, leading by example, I always find is a really great way to do that. Are there ways to come into more balance when we think about our feminine and our masculine or to know, you know, from like a woman's perspective, okay, like I'm in touch or accessing that divine feminine or feminine energy? If you're in the workplace, 
you know, especially for women in the workplace, we're, you know, looking at the transition that's, you know, happened really since the 1940s, mm-hmm. since men went to war and women actually started working instead of being in the home. And then there was kind of like a snapback, right, in yeah. the 1950s mm-hmm. that happened where all men came back from war and women were forced to go back into the home, but they'd been sort of empowered, right? Yeah. So that was a layer of awakening. Yeah. You know, and then the era of love in the late 1960s, right? That's another era of awakening for women's empowerment. Mm-hmm. You know, the women's liberation movement started yeah. then. So, you know, I mean, it's just kind of like, I'd like to think of it almost like knocking over a Coke machine, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to rock it back and forth a few times yeah. before it falls over. <laughs> Coming back to that balance, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I think meditating within oneself and and saying, okay, what are the, those traits of myself that are more masculine and what are more feminine? Yeah. Right. How can I balance that within myself? Mm-hmm. Because the work always starts with us here right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think talking about the workplace, sometimes women feel they have to be more masculine to be heard Mm -hmm. and to be seen. And how would you know if you're in balance in this way? Well, I mean, I don't think any of us really are. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, it's a process. Mm -hmm. It's a process. But, uh, you know, connecting, going into a meditative state and asking, asking yourself, am I balanced? You know, am I balanced? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you've given me direction before on like asking the higher self or asking my higher self questions that I was maybe looking externally for an answer to. And I think there's just a lot to be said for learning or accessing your own intuition. And even, you know, when working with healers or other people's support, it's important to like look to yourself and your own intuition in the end. Do you have any guidance or kind of things that you've seen work that can help people to access their own intuition? Uh, My favorite way is, here we'll do a little test. So put your dominant hand on your heart. Okay. And say your name. Stefania. My name is is Stefania. Great. And go ahead. My name is Catherine. Great. So my name is Tanya. So now say not your name. Say my name is Jane. My name is Jane. Do you feel the difference in your body? Yes. Wow. Yeah. Say my name. My name is Marie. My name is Marie. Yeah. Feel the difference? Yeah. Yeah. It's weird because it doesn't necessarily feel like bad or a lie, but it just feels so flat. Like it just feels like nothing. Mm -hmm. And it just feels Mm -hmm. like a little twinge or something. Right. Like like you're lying. Yeah. So I think that's a really great litmus test to feel. Your body always knows what's true. Yeah. Right. So feeling the energy in your body with Mm -hmm. that simple test, you can say, now you can ask other questions. Like, do I want to have sushi today? Yeah. (laughs) Right. I mean, that's a, you know, poor example, but does your body want that? Yeah. Right. And if it does... You know, you get like this ding, 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 like, yeah. it, like it resonates when you say your name. If it's wrong for you, you know, oh, should I go out with these friends tonight or should I stay home and meditate? You yeah. know, your body is always going to tell you the right yeah. answer. Wow. Right. So being mindful. But, you know, I, I think we're in a society and a time where there's so much distraction. It's so easy to fall off listening to our intuition because there's too much noise around yeah. us. So just, you know, 
turn off the TV, turn off your phone, and just sit with yourself and listen. Just listen. Do you find that it's more helpful to ask out loud? That's something that I've found works better for me. Uh Uh-huh. I think it can. Yeah. 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 It it depends. I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like when you're saying it out loud, you're really emphasizing that question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Instead of just thinking it. We've been talking a lot about the more internal or maybe emotional, spiritual kind of side of it. But I know that there's also like a real physical health benefit to energy work and the things we've been talking about as well. I remember earlier this year, I think I was having a pain on my side that I was, I went to the doctor to two different times, two different doctors. And they're like, there's nothing really there. I don't know. Like, I think it's fine, but it wouldn't go away. And you shared that, you know, it may be something energetic that was pulling in potentially some Epstein-Barr. And you gave me a, a protocol of, of detoxification through, what is the the herb? I think parsley, yeah. cilantro, cilantro and Atlantic and, dolls, red seaweed. Exactly. Yeah. And I felt a lot better mm-hmm. after that. I guess, how does that all work? Like, how do we maybe pick up energy or what might be going on in the world and, and feel it physically? And like, how do we know so that we can address it and understand it? Well, I mean, I think listening, right? Yeah. Going back to listening. Yeah. No, Knowing. Yeah. Right. When your body is having pain, mm-hmm. right? Some pain is, you know, so strong you can't walk. Right. Right. But those little twinges of pain that happen in your abdominal area, mm-hmm. this is an area where people store a lot of old emotion, mm-hmm. right? Sometimes when you can't feel emotion, you shove it down in your belly, mm-hmm. right? Into your internal organs. And energy work and massage are really great for helping to break up that stuck energy and help it move. Mm -hmm. But it still needs to be felt. Yeah. You know, those emotions still need to be felt. Yeah. You know, and I think that when we're storing emotions, for example, anger stores a lot in the liver, Mm. right? So when we're storing emotions like that in an organ, it becomes more vulnerable. So we have a tendency to have pain or have issues mm-hmm. in that area. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had a client who had a child that lived only for a month Aww. when she was about 30. And her mom and her sister were very hard on her, you know, and told her that it was her fault. <gasps> and oh my God. so she had all of this grief and all of this guilt and then reminders via her family members saying, it was your fault. It was your fault. Oh, it my was gosh. Your fault. She came to me when she was 60 with breast cancer, with a lump in her breast. And then I was reading her energy field and, you know, she was going to have surgery and have it removed. And so she wanted to do everything she could to help that surgery go well. So she came to see me. And I, I looked at it and I could feel that energetic resonance of her saying, it was my fault, it was my fault, it was my fault. Mm. And this grief that was holding in her heart chakra, you know, it just like created a life of its own, Mm -hmm. right? That ended up in her left breast, right above the heart, because there was so much pain there, right? So this is like one of the ways that energy or negative thoughts and feelings can create physical illness in the body. Right. It starts with mental and emotional and then it takes root. That's one of the things I love about Reiki. Yeah. Is the Reiki helps to 
remind the body of its wellness. It helps to break up those negative thought patterns so energy can flow in Mm -hmm. a normal way. Right. I love that I'm seeing Reiki being used in more kind of traditional medical settings now. Like you hear that it's being used in a number of like top hospitals and really helping people. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, I think that it helps to improve the effectiveness of all other types of treatment. Mm -hmm. I know there is training also going on for Reiki master people that they can be actually in an operating room. Oh, wow. While the operation is happening and standing back and sending Reiki to the recipient of the operation. Beautiful. Yeah, which I think is really cool. What was the most transformative client that you've had that has healed through energy? Oh, gosh. You know, I think there have been so many. I think really, you know, people who come in with a sense of just being at their wits end, yeah, you know, being so hopeless and so helpless Mm -hmm. and they don't know, they don't know where to turn and where to go to see them smile when they walk out, Mm -hmm. you know, with like the light of hope and this light of like a clarity of thought and a clarity of purpose Mm -hmm. where it was like they were drowning in a muddy, muddy pool Mm -hmm. before. Yeah. Let's do a little grounding meditation. You know, we talked earlier about how important grounding is. So I think to do a little grounding meditation would be a good thing. Yes. So just close your eyes. Take some nice deep breaths. And begin to listen to your body. Feel your heartbeat. Feel your breath. Listen to the blood running through your veins. And now feel yourself. Imagine your spine is sitting up against the back of a tree. And as you breathe, you become one with the tree. You can feel your blood become the sap. You can feel, now feel the roots going deep into the ground. So send your consciousness down through those roots. Down, down past the cement into the dirt, into the rock, into the magma, deep, deep, deep down into the core of Mother Earth. And your root chakra works like a magnet to connect to this root chakra of Earth. So take some nice deep breaths here. Feel the love and feel the nurturing of Earth Mother. You can feel her slow, steady heartbeat. You can feel all of her elements. You can feel the fire sparkling, the water flowing, the air blowing. 
So feel that love and nurturing in that slow, steady heartbeat. Take some nice deep breaths in this place. Now bring that energy up into your body. And now as you're still connected to that tree trunk, follow the tree trunk up, up into the branches and into the leaves. And now keep going up out into the sky, past the clouds, past the stratosphere, out into space. And you can look around, you can see the sun, you can see the moon, you can see the earth. And now go ahead and connect. Connect your crown chakra with the sun. And allow, allow that solar energy to filter down into your body. Bring that sun energy back into those tree leaves. Feel yourself basking now in the sun, soaking it up. Feel the sun on your face, on your skin. Now bring that sunlight energy down into those tree roots. and reconnect with that energy of earth. Now bring that earth energy up into your body, up into your heart chakra. Bring the sun energy into your heart and let those two energies intermingle together. Take a nice deep breath there. And you can send that sunburst now out into your aura, your surrounding energy field. Just take some nice deep breaths and feel your connection. Feel your presence. Feel that timelessness, that being here and now. Take another nice deep breath into your heart. And then just slowly come back to yourself. Feel your presence. Feel that space right in front of you. This ability you have to be here and now. Oh. What are you doing over there? Yeah, oh, I feel good. I feel a lot more grounded, but also light. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. It's wonderful to just bring ourselves mm-hmm. connected mm-hmm. 
feel very relaxed. Your your voice is very soothing. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Yeah, I think connecting, you know, that's a simple little exercise that mm-hmm. all of us can do. And when we're feeling stressed out, when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling fearful, you know, when we're feeling overwhelmed, breathe, right? Visualize. If you have a tree, go sit up next to it. Trees are great teachers of presence and silence and space. That was beautiful. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for this conversation, meditation, everything. Yeah, thank you, Tanya. That was amazing. I really enjoyed talking to the both of you. So thank Thank you. you. So if people want to work with you, where can they find you? They can find me on my website. My website is my name, Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, Corona, like the beer, C-O-R-O-N-A <laughs> dot com. And you can book an appointment right online. Just click the blue button. I do distance work and in-person work. Great. We'll link those in the show notes Great. too. Amazing. Thank you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Many blessings. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review or share it with a friend and hit subscribe so you never miss a show.